And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, what is up? Yeah, I'm in a different location because I'm in California. God knows what California can do to you. Sunshine, all that good <laughs> stuff, but not a good studio. But I am here for the Wigan Podcast with my man, Josh Thompson. <sighs> See, there you go. I finally gave wild. you your little cheer and your props, <laughs> Mr. Sauna Man. You thought you, he's like, yep. oh, I've been working. I'm in the sauna. Sauna's not a work. That's work, baby. That's work. It's relaxation, man. I got a, I got a quick little lift in this morning, and then I uh, did, a, what was it, 20 minutes on the stair thing. Then I hit the sauna for about 30, 35 minutes and then rushed home to get the to get this podcast in, baby. I, you know me, I'm yeah, early riser, getting after the grind, doing my thing. But how are you enjoying this California weather? It's actually nice. It always is. <laughs> it always <laughs> is. And you got to say, ooh, it's a lot of sunshine, a little bit warmer. Oh, yeah, this is nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, it, but it's is it worth the taxes? That's the question. No, absolutely no, it's not. not. It's not no, worth it, I look it, at my right? pocketbook, which is... Not with me right now. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, let's tell this story. John just lost his wallet in New York, leaving CBS Studios from New York when they did when they did the New Year's Eve show. So he spent New Year's Eve in the airport because he had lost his wallet, all this other stuff. Right now, he's headed out to California with Miss McCarthy, and Miss McCarthy and him decided to stop and get Starbucks. And John, I'm gonna let you finish the story. Where'd it go, John? Where'd it go? Like where's that Waldo? Where's the wallet? Where's the wallet? Where's the where's Waldo? Where's the wallet? Where's, where's Waldo? It? Man, I'll tell you what. Again, I I, I get off the plane in uh, Los Angeles, right? And I do and I start walking out, and then I do my normal. Chi-chi. Gone. Wait, where's it? At? Goes through my bag. Not there. I'm like son of a bitch. Did it again. So all, you know, all the credit cards had to cancel those. The oh. ID stuff. And so now it's like one of those, you know, at least I have clear so I can stick my eye in the thing and uh, get myself yeah, out know, of the plane. I was taught, like, I've been to a couple, I've been to a couple airports where they don't have clear. What do you oh, do? Are you kidding? Most of them don't. In fact, I have to fly up to Portland, Oregon here tomorrow and go see uh, my mom and it's a matter of they don't have clear. So I'm going to have to go through all kinds of shit without ID, giving them photos yeah. of stuff and everything. Like, ah, it is what it is. I was talking with Miss McCarthy uh, offline, and, uh, and her and I were talking about the <laughs> fact that it, every time she travels with you, it's like traveling with like a 12-year-old who just can't keep track of their stuff, their jacket, their hat. Their, that, <laughs> yep, pretty much. If you recall, you know if everyone recalls, if you guys have been listening to our show for a long time, the key fob, he left it on the car in the truck and then left Miss McCarthy to handle it all as he jumped on a flight and left the town. And then, no, no, now, no, then no. That's not wallet. true. That is that is a false <laughs> story. I was taking her to the airport. <laughs> okay, whatever. Same thing. <laughs> uh, so then, yeah. then, then, the, then the wallet from New York and now the wallet again. Man, you're a, you're a wreck. This has all been within like the last month and a half. All right. Then, then there's the better one here, man. I've got my, you know got my phone right and, and i'm cutting logs and we, we, there's this ivy that we have it's not ivy it's this nasty thorn vine that goes up into the trees and so it's all over the logs and stuff 
And so as, you know, I'm, I'm walking, cutting, you know, it wraps around my leg and then I go to take a step and it holds my leg and I, I actually go and pop, sit down on one of the logs, right? Okay. And so my, uh, my beautiful iPhone is smashed <laughs> right here. So I, I take it into a, I take it into a guy and ask, you know, how much does it replace the screen? Oh, it's going to be, you know, 240 bucks or something like that Jeez. to replace the screen. Okay. Boom. Leave him the phone. Go out, do all kinds of stuff. Come back. Mm. I didn't realize you had the iPhone you have. That is a different screen. And it even shows, it shows it on, on the, uh, computer. $394 just for the piece of glass. Mm-hmm. And he goes, if, you know, he goes, if I charge you $50, he goes, then it's $50. He goes, it's going to cost you $500 to replace the glass on the iPhone. I said, give me that fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here. I paid five hundred dollars for a freaking piece of glass. It used to be not doing bucks. well. Not doing well, Josh. I'm making no. mistakes. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. Your age is really starting to come through. Boom, it's big killing. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have look you thought what, about? And, no, have you thought about what you have to look forward to? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, man. I'm going to be saving you quite a bit moving on, but you know what? Ooh. It's worth it. We've, we've actually built a pretty good friendship. I'm okay with putting myself out there for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, but hey, you know what, though? There's been a lot of stuff going on. Before we get started, though, why don't you guys hit that subscribe button, hit that thumbs up and that, that bell so you guys can get the notifications. And we want to thank you guys for continuing to listen to our show. Um, there was a lot of things that we were going to talk about in terms of fan questions today. We want to answer yes, all of our fans' questions, get it all pumping, get it all going. But then, within, since the last time we filmed, it's been drop of fight. Fight announcement, fight announcement, fight announcement. So guess what? We're gonna. This whole show is going to be pretty much a recap of a bunch of new fight announcements that came out when we just did a bunch of them last, last show. But that means the sport is moving in the right direction. We're going to have a busy year and a great year. I think 2023 for MMA is going to be a fantastic year. And we want to make sure that we are giving you guys the best analysis we possibly can for all these fight announcements. And if we have any time left over at the end, we're going to go ahead and answer some of those fan questions uh, moving forward. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into some stuff. John, do you have a screen in front of you or do you want me to do it? I have a screen. It's just about this big. (laughs) <laughs> okay, okay. But hey, we've got uh, Alex Pereira versus um, Israel Adesanya, number four. Uh, just the second time, though, in MMA. But I think this is going to be... Right. I think it's going to be a very similar fight, but I think that Izzy's going to be able to pull it off, John. I think that he's going to huh? be a little bit smarter. I think he's going to come in a little bit better shape. <clears throat> and I also think that he's going to wrestle a little bit more. I okay. said that the last fight, and everyone was like, oh, he's not going to wrestle. And what did he do? No, we talked about him. We, we knew he was going to wrestle. He's a smart. Yeah. He's a smart fighter. He's a smart let me guy. ask you this. Let me ask you this. A guy beats you. Now, the first one in kickboxing, you look and you go, "I, I don't think I lost that." Okay, but then he goes and he starches you. Yeah. So you got that loss, and there's nothing you can say. Hey, it happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you have an MMA fight, and you're doing well, and he puts you out again. Tell me it's not in the back of your mind. Tell me it's not in the back of your mind, Josh Thompson. Oh, you know it it's, is. It's absolutely in the back of your mind, John. But then also what's in the back of my mind is you remember, I think, at the end of round two where I had you on stilts and you were saved by the bell. Do you remember that? Yeah. Do you remember that I when I put rem- you on stilts? I do remember that. that. I that, do remember to me, that. And I made it if, through something you couldn't make it through. 
Yeah. Okay, but I'm Israel Asanya, and you know what, though? I'm a positive thinker. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, <laughs> that I had you on stilts, and I was outclassing you that whole fight. I was outclassing you the whole fight. I mean, I, I was doesn't up matter. for what? Yeah, I get it. I know it doesn't, doesn't matter when matter. it comes down to the fifth round. You never doesn't stop matter. fighting until that last bell rings, until they raise your hand. That's what really it comes down to. And this is my point, and this is why I did it. Everything that we're talking about makes this a fight you got to see. Because it yeah, is. It's a, it's a great rematch. It is something I think that needed to happen. I thought Izzy deserved. We talk all the time about, yeah. does that champion deserve a rematch right away? Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt about it. And so... I think it's a great rematch. I think Izzy absolutely has a chance to win that fight, and I think Alex could put him away again. So that that makes yep. it fun to watch. I could also see Izzy putting him away. I could see that. Absolutely. He had a chance. Especially, like you said, you know, we yeah. talked about that second round. He, dude, at the end of that round, dude, he was doing the freaking uh, herky-jerky legs, man. He was having yeah. problems. I, so. ca- I caught the Zab Judah because, you know, <laughs> it when, is the I think Zab Mayweather had Zab. I think it was Mayweather had Zab like that. Man, he was on the stinky leg. Um, yeah, I just I look at Izzy. To me, Izzy is the better kickboxer, cleanliness wise. But obviously, yes. doesn't possess the power and doesn't have doesn't have the size that Pereira has. Pereira has. So when I look at that fight, I look at Izzy's got to be slick. Slick as a twelve year old, like an FBI agent, that kind of thing. It just he's got to be slick and just. <laughs> Keeping his distance, doing what he did, but he's got to keep his back off the fence, John. Yes. Every time he put his back on the fence, he had huge problems. And I mean, like just getting touched, touched. And he was able to survive all the way up until that fifth round when fatigue had set in a little bit. He was tired in that fifth round. And so I think well, he's going to come in a little bit better shape. And I think he's going to be focused on making sure in that fifth round, he's got the pop and the bounce in his step to go ahead yeah. and fight those off. And I, I agree with you that he has to keep his back off the fence. And yeah. he showed that he could do that, but it taxes him. It, oh, yeah. it puts him in a position where he's having to work hard when he normally doesn't have to. And a lot of that has to do with the size. He's used to being the longer, taller fighter. And the, the length and size of Alex causes him problems. You know, it just does at, you know, he can't do exactly the things that has made him successful through all those fights with other guys that he's outsizes as far as length. He, he can't keep his hand out in the same fashion. Everything's a little bit different. And again, that's what makes it a great rematch. Can't wait to see it. Well, the length and the size, though, John, I definitely, definitely plays a factor. But he's never had to worry about someone touching his chin because of the length and the size. Because of the length and size. But then someone that has the power that Pereira has. That's yeah. the other thing. Like Just understanding, like now you're, you're just as big as me, if not a little bit bigger, and you're just as long as me. And you obviously weigh a lot more, you know, and you possess this power that I just can't seem to avoid. Um, it really, like you said, puts that in the back of your head. But if I'm Izzy, I'm living off of the moments that I had in that fight. Basically, the rest of the fight. I, every moment of that fight, I dominated. I just stuck and moved, got some takedowns, was hit you with some clean shots. I had you on the stanky leg. Those are the memories that I'm playing back in my head to get to get my mind right. If I'm Izzy, I'm walking out to that cage going... I'm going to do the same thing I did to you last time, except in the fifth round, I'm going to have more pep in my step. I'm going to be, have more of a bounce in my step. I'm going to be able to touch you up in that fifth round and keep my back off the fence and push you around, make you respect me more, you know, keep my speed there, keep my ability to, to move laterally and, and maybe even wrestle a little bit in that fifth round. He didn't have that in the fifth round last time and it cost him the fight. He, he can take the fight to the ground, be in the top position. He can do well. And the, the big thing is, you know, and you're, you're saying it. Power, 
And there's just a difference. You know, it, it, just in sparring, you'll spar with one guy, you know, and all of a sudden it's just different. You get hit by him and there's a just a, a, a weight that hits you from that Gray guy. Maynard. There's a There's a buzz that comes with every shot that he lands on you. And that's Pereira. He's got that. You, know, you can look at Sean Strickland. Okay, we know how slick Sean is as far as his stand up and his ability to take a shot and take a look, you know, his fights after. Take a look at all the, you know, the fights with Cannoneer. Cannoneer couldn't, you know, hurt him, never really hurt him. Take a look at his fight with Imovov, never hurt him, you know. Look at what Alex did. Boom, boom, done. You know, he's got, he has that, you know, that thing that, you know, everyone wants, but only a few possess. Yeah, I, I got the same feeling when I spar with Gray Maynard, man. I hated sparring yeah. with Gray because because I I don't I as I recall, I never once was able to take him down, ever, <laughs> and the whole time we trained together, <laughs> and it was the worst because you knew you had to stand with him. You're not going to waste yeah. the energy trying to take him down. You didn't want I didn't want him on top of me, you know. I would just grind and grind. I would just keep pushing on him until I could try to get press him to the fence, make him tired, you know, whatever it was. But I don't think I ever got a takedown on him, legit, like full on takedown. I was able to like get some little trips and stuff on him, but it was it wasn't like I shot a double leg and blasted through him. Um, and those are those guys. Those are those guys that you're like, damn, in the back of your mind, every time you hit me, it stings a little bit. Oh, you yeah. always have that in the back of your mind. Yeah. But with Izzy, um, he's always been the slicker kickboxer, and I think he's no the slicker kickboxer again. He's he's no the doubt. same thing, but he's just got to make sure that. He still has that same energy in the third, the fourth and the fifth round, those championship rounds against a world class kickboxer like Alex. And, but John, my next question though is to, to go off the topic of the actual fight and get right into, let's just say Izzy wins. Do we get automatic rematch again? I mean, it would only be fair because this guy's beat him four times. Why is he getting an automatic rematch? And then why wouldn't I get one right back? Uh, because they don't want to get into the Brandon Mur- Moreno versus Devinson Figueredo scenario. I, I just don't yeah. see that happening. And based upon the fact that you look at Alex's record, he is young in his career as far as MMA. You know, as far as what is he, seven and one now? Eight and one? I'm sorry. Six and one. one. Six and Six one. Six and one? Damn. Damn. I thought... And yep. so you take a look at that, and then you take a look. Well, yeah, he beat him once, but then he got beat in the rematch. I think that they're going to put him through other fights before they'll give him the rematch. Yes, yeah, that's not fair to me because look, they've been they protected him. They protected him to get him there. Am I correct? They protected him. They well, gave him they, some they, good. They didn't protect him, but they put him against good matchups. So they yes. put him against match. That's protecting him, John. Yeah, we no, both know, know. that. Well, I don't want to say it because look, he fought tough guys. It's he just did. Those guys were tailor made for him. They were stand up guys that yeah. didn't have fat, didn't have spectacular wrestling. Yes. Um. I was really hoping to see the uh Hall Hill fight and Alex fight. That would have been a great fight. I would this have loved to have die. seen I, I that but I know Jamahal Hill is never gonna die. We're gonna make a shirt of Jamahal Hill and we're gonna put <laughs> quoted by Podcast Day. <laughs> Quote <clears throat> Um But I look at I I I wanna see that fight if it is if it does go down where Izzy wins and he wins by a decision and Alex knocked him out, I think they gotta do it again. I'm sorry. But the other thing, too, is Izzy's already wiped out the division. So, yeah, really, who problem. is he waiting to fight? He's going to fight to fight Whitaker again? Is gonna, who is he going to wait to fight? You might as well have him fight for a third time. Get the trilogy out of it. The the, the MMA trilogy, I should say. Yeah. Because that's what you brought Alex on for. 
You brought him on because you wanted to spice up this division and give Izzy someone to compete with. Well, you found him. You found the guy, the guy that yeah, knocked him true. out last fight and has knocked him out before. What's he going to do? Go fight Whitaker again? He's going to fight Paul Acosta again? Who's he going to fight? He's beat all those guys. So you might as well have the, the third fight in MMA. Five fights for one, for two guys. I mean, they're obviously very well matched. The sad part is that Izzy will have only won one of those at the end of all of it. <laughs> You know, and, but I, I mean, I, if it does come down to the point where Izzy gets this win, which I believe he's gonna, I think he's gonna yeah. be able to get this win. He may, if he does get the knockout, it'll happen early. If he doesn't get the knockout, he's gonna win by decision, but I think he's gonna come in, he's gonna come in better shape. He's gonna come more laser focused. He's gonna come in all these different, these things that his coach was able to pull away from that MMA fight. And they're gonna make those little tiny tweaks and adjustments. And I think that Izzy's gonna come away the champ. Okay. Good fight, though. I think, Good fight. I think he's going to have a hard time doing it. I'm not saying he can't do it, but yeah. you're right in this. In the end, look, at Izzy is a volume striker. He's not that knockout guy for the most part as far as he'll hit you with volume until he, till he does knock you out. But with what happened in that first fight, you don't think that Alex's coaches are going to go back to the drawing board and say, all right, this is what we need to fix. I can't have you doing this. This is what I want you to do with him. And... You know, he can do those things. He has the ability to do those things to Izzy as far as putting him up against the cage, putting him in positions where, you know, when you look at the, the clinch situations, a lot of those situations wore Izzy down. I don't mm -hmm. think they wore Pereira down the same way. So there, there's so much involved in this fight, and it could go either way. But that's what, you know, that's why people are going to want to watch it. Well, Well, the other thing you guys have to take into consideration is... We have a guy that his main training partner was Glover Teixeira and Glover is now retired. And I, as soon as I realized that I was never going to fight again, my ass never went to the gym. <laughs> I was like, screw this. I'm not trying to hang out in there and get hit more. I mean, I understand Difference that he will be there for him. Difference being, you had your own gym and you yeah. trained at another gym, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Glover has his gym, and that's the gym he trains at, and that's the gym that Alex trains at, so he'll be there. I know he'll be there, but the ability or the willingness to take those shots, to spar more, to do all of those things, you think it's going to be the same as it was when... Because remember, Glover was getting ready for a fight, or just started getting yeah. ready for a fight, right when Alex had, was getting ready to fight uh, Izzy as well. So yeah, they were kind cool. of training partners, getting making each other better, getting ready for their big title fights. That's not the case now. So is he going to get the same Glover? I know they're friends. But let's put friendship aside. It just comes down to that if I don't have a fight coming up, I'm giving you the best I can, but I'm also not I'm also not in the best of shape. I'm not the guy that's going to be there in rounds four and five. Yeah, yeah, but let's be honest. If you're Glover, you have more time to spend on Alex now because none of it's about you. So you have more time to spend on him, more time to look at film, more time to do these things. And you can always bring people in. You bring people in; they're going to match what he's going to face. You know, even though he's he's you know used to you know what is he looks like, what is he brings. But you bring those people in, so I don't see a problem with it. I think I think a perfect guy for him to bring in because now he's not with them anymore is Luke Rockhold. That would not be a bad I, one. Say, that's a great. He's tall. He's long. He's you know Luke six three, almost pushing six four. 
You know, pretty um, slick he's got, stand up when he does. He's pretty great slick kicks. stand up. He's got good kicks. Yeah, great get kicks. If I if I'm if I'm a uh, Pereira, I'm trying to bring him in. Or if I'm Izzy, if I'm, I'm trying to bring him in. And if I'm Luke, I stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. Either one of those guys, whoever can snatch up Luke Rockhold first to, to bring him out for some sparring, to mimic some yeah. stuff, especially to a little bit of grappling, a little bit of wrestling in there. Nah, like, Grappling-wise, you know. that would really help Yes, with Alex. Luke is slick on the ground. So, yeah. Well, Luke is really good friends with Glover, and he's good because we all met Glover through Chuck. And we're all, you know, and we've known Chuck for, I don't know, 20 years. Forever. I don't know Chuck 20 years. Yeah, forever. And so... um. That that all may and with, with with Hack, you know, Hack's been a good friend of all of ours for the longest time, you know, since the Chuck and Antonio Benuelos and those guys, um, that back in the day. Um, but I think I think Luke would I think would probably for sure like to do that for him, uh, for a we'll All right, well, hey, th- either way, good fight, fight number five, and but John, let's talk about how spectacular it is though that he's six he's six and one, and he's the UFC champ. He's not only the UFC champ, he's someone that, you know, a lot of people believe you go up to light heavyweight right now and give Jamal Hill problems. I think so. You know, and I, I think so. I'd have to agree. The styles match up as far as Jamal Hill is not a ground guy. He's not really looking for takedowns. He wants to stand up and use his power. So does Alex. It, that would be a great fight. Yeah. You know, so, but, I, and, and at six and one, you know, look at, you know, Jamal Hill doesn't have a ton of experience. He's what, 12 and one now, right? Yeah, <clears throat> but he's good. It's the new breed, baby. It's all it's about being breed. good. We're all getting old. The new breeds coming in. These guys. <laughs> I mean, but at two hundred five, John, those guys. There's, there's, there's. Uh, who's at two hundred five? Um, you got Blahovich who's, who's getting old. You have Ankalaev is pretty much the only. Ankalaev is the only, only good wrestler. Yeah, he's the best wrestler out of the group. Yeah, yeah. Let me see. Two hundred five, two hundred five. You got Ankalaev. I would have said Glover. You know, but Glover's, you know, now retired. The rest of them, I don't think that Nikita, he can wrestle. He's not a fantastic wrestler, even though his last name is Not a fantastic one. He's not a fantastic one. Span's got good stand-up. They really haven't seen much in the wrestling. You know, you just look down the hood. You know, Jimmy Crute likes to bang. He's got good ground, but Khalil, Mm -hmm. stand-up guy. Dustin Jacoby, stand-up guy. Dominic Reyes, stand-up guy. Paul Craig, ground guy, but going in the wrong direction. You know? Yeah, and no wrestling though. By the way, that's no, the thing. No, no wrestling. No wrestling. Good, good jujitsu. Great jujitsu. So, um, yeah, I look at that. I mean, like he could go, and he's physically like I saw the video, the uh, the pictures and images of him yesterday. I believe it was, you know, he's walking around two thirty, two thirty, or two twenty eight, two thirty two, somewhere in there. Huge man, huge for the weight. So if he could step right in at two hundred five and fight Jamal Hill, Jamal Hill, and uh, you know, and, and even Prochaska. I mean, Prochesco leaves himself out of position a lot to be touched oh, yeah. and to be kicked and to be punched and all those things. So there's none of these guys are fantastic wrestlers. Uncle Live is, but I said this in a tweet just recently. Uncle Live, he's got to be careful he doesn't turn into a Michael Chandler. And not, he's nowhere near that. But I'm saying that someone who has the wrestling and the tech and the ability. The, the same thing with Usman. Usman, um, Kamar Usman. We fell in love a little bit with the stand-up. Gray Maynard, it happened to Gray as well. You fall in yeah. love with the stand-up. You're good at the stand-up. It's, it's less effort. But you uh, should understand that your wrestling is levels above these other fighters. And 
their ground game is levels below your ground game. Not just the wrestling, but the jiu-jitsu portion of it, the bottom control, the top control, all of those things. You are better than them everywhere. I'm surprised that his coaches and his trainers in Ankalaev hasn't made that more of a focus. Because that fight with Jan shouldn't have been as close as it was to a draw, but it shouldn't have ever went to that that direction from those those shin kicks or whatever they were. All of yeah. those built up Little because... Yeah. Well, they were in, remember they were inside. They were inside, inside on the shin on bone. Yeah. yeah. But still, you know, you, you take a look and, uh, and I, I mean, a lot of people are going to, you know, say things about it. I looked at, I thought Jan had a great game plan. I thought he, he stuck with his game plan. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. And yeah. he took Ankoliath out of his game for a lot of that fight. And that's why Jan was in that sucker. I agree with you. I do. All right. Next fight, Dave, what you got? All right, so that's a UFC 287, which is April 8th. Uh, that's your main event. Yeah. The co-main that was announced is Gilbert Burns versus George Masvidal. I mean, John, Gilbert Burns has been asking for this fight for a long time, and Masvidal right. has been MIA for, for a while now. I'm surprised, to be honest, out of all the fights that Masvidal chose to take, it was this one. Okay, you can say that, but you could be surprised that about of all the fights that Gilbert Burns was going to take, why would you take it against a guy who's got multiple losses coming into it? I feel like it's a money fight for him. This is a little bit. I think. I think this is this going to bring a little bit more attention. And I don't know if Gilbert has the pay per view numbers uh, available to him or not because he is a former champion. Sometimes they allow you, as long as you're the co-main in the main event, to still keep your pay per view numbers in your contract if you were a former champion. Or no, sorry, he wasn't a for no, he wasn't a former champion. Sorry, about? he fought for the title. You're right, you're right. So I yeah. maybe he maybe he was able to wiggle that in, um, as a co-main or a main event. I, I don't know. I look at it and I I I know that Gilbert has feelings about Masvidal. You know, there's been words between the two and stuff. I, this is not a good fight for Masvidal. Just saying no. it. Not a good uh-huh. fight for Masvidal at all. I look at this and, you know, look, look at look at what Gilbert Burns did in his last fight, Josh. Look at people who say what they want, but Neil Magny is a good fighter. He is a mm-hmm. solid guy who is, you know, his stand-up is funky as far as, you know, he just pop, 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 a lot of, lot of you know, light shots. But, man, he, you know, he just puts them up, puts it on you. His... Defensive wrestling is good. He actually will wrestle and take you down. His goddamn ground game is good. And Gilbert Burns walked through him. Walked mm-hmm. through him on that fight. And you look and you go, man, you know, yeah, he lost to Usman. So what? So what? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, he lost to a great fighter. Okay, it can happen on any day. You know, but I just look at this and, and they're, they're, they're just in two different planes as far as where their careers are at. Mm-hmm. And I look at this and I, I go, you know, fun fight to watch. But if you're a Masvidal fan, which I am, you look and you go, you should not be in that fight. That's The ground game is going to cause him problems if it hits the ground. Because Gilbert is a different level of ground fighter. He's going to be able to move around on, on George and get to the positions that he wants to get to as long as there's time in the round. And the power. Look, Gilbert's got power. He may not have the slickest stand-up, but it's good. Mm-hmm. You know, and I will say that I think, you know, Masvidal is a much slicker stand-up fighter, but power changes everything too, man. And, and yeah. you know, 
he, Masvidal has to worry about the takedown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gilbert doesn't. That changes yeah. the stand-up right there. Yep. Uh, I look at it whereas Masvidal, he'll be the slower fighter too. I mean, he's aging out yep. kind of. He's at the 38, 39 age, I believe, yeah. is where he's at. Um, he's still slick as a dog on the feet when it comes to yeah. the kicks. He's got powerful kicks when he throws them. He just doesn't throw them as much. He threw them a lot against Nate, but he doesn't throw them regularly enough. Like he throws so much heat behind him. It's hard to throw that much power behind him and stay consistent with him throughout a five round fight or a three round fight. Yeah. Do we know if this is going to be a, a five round fight because it is no. the co-main and they have been able to do it? It's three. I would doubt so that'll I would favor that. That'll help George a little bit. That'll help Mazadal a little bit. Um, He'll be able to let go a little bit more, you know, not worry have to not have to worry about conserving his energy. Yeah. He's always been someone that he's he has a gas tank, but it he idles at it sometimes. You know, he he always wants to kind of conserve it. He he doesn't want to run it all the way on empty, and yep. not, not, most fighters don't. But he he's someone that tries to keep that consistent pace. Uh, Gilbert right now, he I think he understands how how close he was to being the champ. Against uh, Kamar Usman, he had him rocked in that first fight. In, I mean, not in that first fight, but in that fight, he had him rocked. At the speed of his hands, he leaves himself out of position, but he's fast with them. Yeah. Now he's a little sloppy sometimes with the hands, but yep. he's fast with them because he doesn't really don't have anything. To, there's just exactly. not jeopardized by much because he can. If you take me down, if I leave myself out of position, you take me down. This is where I want to be, anyways. Yeah. You get if you get close to me and I clinch you, it's where I want to be, anyways. You know, so um, I, I look I look at this fight. It is a bad fight for for Masvidal, and I'm a huge Masvidal fan. You know, um, he came up with uh, the Strike Force and the Bellator, and then the UFC or all that stuff together. You know, he's a talented, talented fighter, and yeah. um, uh, but like I said, he's aging out. It all happens to it happens to all of us. Everybody. And it's going to happen to Gilbert too. It's going to happen to everyone else below yes, us. It is. It's, all, it's always going to happen. So yeah. I look at this fight with. This is another. This is a stepping stone for for Gilbert if he can get past him and make it. He's got to make it look impressively. He's got to make it look impressive. If he doesn't make it look impressive, the UFC's going. All right, what are we gonna do with you? You're ranked number two or number three. Now what? You know what do we but do? You gotta like, love the fact he's wanting to stay busy. Yeah. If there's one thing about Gilbert, he's saying he's always trying to get after fights. He's always wanting mm-hmm. to be out there, and he's he's willing to take on everybody. Yeah. So he's well, the guy you want. Yeah, whereas you have guys that are just kind of placeholders like Colby Covington, who's a podcast Dave's best lo- love buddy, <laughs> who just he just strokes yeah. Colby every second he gets. Now I like Colby, okay, but at some point you're gonna have to fight and defend that number two or number one spot. You know, you're to. gonna have to do it. So um, that's gonna have to have to happen soon because you're coming up pretty close on a year time, right? I think a year time yep. when he fought. So. Uh, okay, next. I mean, the, the, oh. the, for Colby, though, you know, the, the UFC is looking. They want Colby versus Kamzat. Smart. That's the fight they want. And I don't blame yeah. them. I think it's a, the, the right fight to have. But I don't know if Colby yeah. wants it. I mean, I'd really like to see Bilal and Colby. Yeah. I'd really like to see too. Bilal and Colby. Because I think the lead up to that would be would be fun. Given given the, the trash talk that Colby's talked about, um, uh, you know, like... A little bit of the U.S. market. I don't know how to say this. You know what I mean. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The, 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 politi- politi- the political politicalization of yeah. Colby Covington and how he's brought it into his persona. Yeah. The things that go. he'll say. 
John, this is why I have you on the show to make sure I don't say anything stupid. Sometimes. <laughs> this is great. John, this is fantastic. And, and yet somehow you still find it a says, way. Says the Scottish guy. <laughs> oh, jeez. Do I need to remind you about Jamahal Hill? Do, 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 do I even need Just to remind you? going back to Jamahal. Yeah. Jamal, right. that's all I got to hear. That's moment. all I got to say. That's all, <laughs> that's, all, that's all I have to hear. I had a Josh moment. That's all. Uh, all right, next fight. Let's go. Next fight here on the same wow. card. Um, coming right before that, George Masvidal, Gilbert Burns. is Kevin Holland versus uh, Ponzi Nibio. Good fight, John. Good it fight. It is a good fight, but it's one that I, ho- I, I look at and I go, all right, Kevin, let's see what you learned. Because look in the stand-up, he can stay with Ponzinibbio for a long time. He, I, I think he absolutely has the, uh, you know, the length, the speed. He's got power in his hands. He can knock people out, but he definitely has an advantage if the fight hits the ground, just like he did against Wonder Boy, where he would stand back up and move back and let him get up. And it's like, all right, let's see if you're, you you played that game. You realized it probably wasn't the, the smartest thing to do. Did you learn from it? Are you a smarter fighter now? Let's find out. Uh, I think he can stand quite a bit with him, with Ponsonibio, based on that Stephen Thompson's a different level of stand-up. And, oh, yeah. we, and, and John, as you recall, I, I thought Kevin Holland, I thought was going to be the faster fighter, going to be the better. Yeah. He's going to be able to use his reach and his range. And I thought he was going to be able to use his age and all those other advantages over Stephen Thompson. And Stephen Thompson said, I'll show you, Josh Thompson. That's right. <laughs> You son of a bitch, trying to fucking so, overlook what Stephen me. Thompson, what Stephen Thompson said was, Josh, you yeah. have to listen to your partner, John, because he does know. Okay. <laughs> and he proved it. That is the furthest thing that Stephen Thompson said. But <laughs> I'm pulling Stephen on the show. Stephen did call me up and go, hey, bro, how did you really go against me? I was like, man, I, you just looked old your last fight. <laughs> no, I, just, I had to let him know. No, man, but Stephen Thompson's the nicest guy, great guy. Different level of stand-up, though, than Ponsonibio. Yeah. Just cleaner striking, you know. Um, Just and a different, completely different style. You know, Ponzinibbio, a lot of boxing centric, uses yeah. his hands a lot, and that that's not usually a problem for Kevin. Yeah, and I agree with you on the ground though. There's definitely a big advantage for Kevin Holland, the Absolutely. body style, all of those Be things. Smart. Even off the back, even off the back, Kevin Holland off the back is dangerous to Ponzinibbio. But I think Ponzinibbio will probably try to work his way out of that. You know. Yeah, Back and I'm being honest. I still think that Kevin Holland in the welterweight division, I think he can go places. I really do. Absolutely. He's got the skill level. Absolutely. It's do you have the fight IQ level? Yeah. Yeah, because when you look at the fight with uh, with Stephen Thompson, had he was able to keep those takedowns, he could have potentially stole those two rounds, three rounds that he needed to get. And he could have gotten them more frequently because as you get one, the second one comes a little bit easier. The third and the fourth, they just start lining up. You know, and then you're able to keep that stand-up guy guessing, freezing them long enough to get a takedown, or freezing them long enough to land a shot. Josh, I, so, I want to put you in a place. I want you. I want you to think about this. Think about yourself being the main corner in Kevin Holland corner at that fight. How would you have been feeling? Frustrated was not the yeah. word. <laughs> it's, it's what the What's word. the word above frustrated? Yeah, pissed. Irrit- irritated, have been just irritated pissed and off. pissed off because yeah. you're like, God damn it, man. Yeah. You know, I spent all this time yeah. with you. You know, I love you. I know, yeah. you know, the, the road to victory for you. You have that road available to you. 
and you're refusing to take it. What in the hell are you doing? Yeah. I don't give a shit what you told him. Lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, get the win and then say, hey, man, I had to do it. Okay. It's part of the sport. Those of you guys that, if you guys ever went back and watched my fight uh, with Gilbert, the second one, the funny part is, is that was Hov and, and Bob in the in the corner after round three. They had to switch because Hov was in the corner for the first three rounds. And after round three, Bob Hov was in the corner. I'm like, how did Hov get in here? <laughs> and it's like, but couldn't Bob fucking get through to you. Couldn't get through to you. It's like, I'm just getting super mad at you. He's like, I can't get through to him. So... Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty funny, man. I was like, "Wait, what are you doing in the cage?" <laughs> Hi, Hawk. So it was funny. Yeah. Oh man! All right, all right, all right. Next. All right, next fight we got here. So I wanted to actually before we go into the next fight, I wanted to just this is going to be the lineup for two eighty seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there are there any other fights here? Well, I have Gastelum and oh, no. I, uh, I'm sorry, on, man. The f- I have that no, over go, here somewhere. That fight but, right um, there, Rob Font and Adrian Giannis. That should be probably the fight that's. I'm sorry. I think that fight will potentially steal the show. Uh, Dick that, absolutely has the, has the ability to because yep. both of those guys in the stand up are good and slick. And I honestly think, you know, it's one of those ones you'd like to say, oh, it's not going to go to the finish. I do think it probably will because they're both that good. Yeah. But it's a question of who lands the better shots throughout that time. But. I thought Kevin Ga- Kelvin Gastelum against Chris Curtis is a good matchup. That's mm-hmm. a that's a really good fight. That's one that you, you can look forward to and say, man, Chris has his style and comes forward. Kelvin's very similar in the way that you know a stand up brawler. That's why I call him my you know MMA Roberto Duran. So that's a great fight to watch. Absolutely, I'm, I'm a huge fan of both those guys, and I, I'm a big fan of Kelvin Gastelum. I had a chance to really sit and chat with him a little bit at one of the Bellators. Um, I can't try to remember which one it was, if it was Chicago or not. I think it was Chicago. Anyways, he but he was extremely nice, super respectful, just just a very, very, very nice person. Soft-spoken. He's a great guy. Great guy. Very, very nice. If you guys yeah. ever get a chance, he's very approachable, very friendly. Just a chance to, to see him. Don't be afraid to walk up and say hi to him. He's a fantastic person. Um, that's it for me on that card. Dave, what else? What you got? What you got? Okay. All right. Just making sure John's good. Um, all right. Uh, let me just check my face real quick. I, want, I, will, I do want to save the boxing one. Okay. So we got that one. Yes. All right. Let's talk Dan Hooker versus, uh, Julian Turner. That's a great matchup. I love when I saw this, I said, man, you know what? This is where Mick Maynard and Sean are really looking at things and going, well, you know what? Jalen Turner is this freak at six foot three and now he's using that length well and stuff mm, let's put dan hooker against him because dan hooker is a dog I don't, I don't i don't care about the record i know he's got the losses doesn't matter to me he still can fight this dude went the five rounds with dustin poirier where you know that was a fantastic fight he's had the big fights he's he's come back and shown himself to be just a gangster as far as you know he'll stand with people He'll be smart in fights, all of it. This is a big turning point fight for Jalen Turner. This is that fight where if he can get past Dan Hooker, he's putting himself out there. Hey, I'm the thing you need to watch, you know, coming into this. But I love the fact that they put this fight together. 
Yeah, I'm glad that Dan Hooker went back up to 55. I mean, I oh, honestly yeah, had to because he's got the body frame to go to 70. He's yeah. what six one? It's like he's six, he's at six least six one. foot, yeah. six one. Six foot, six one, somewhere in there. This but, is one he'll be looking up at somebody though. Yeah, he's got the broad shoulders. He will be looking up at Jalen Turner. Um, you know, I'm interested to see if there's videos that I've seen of him fighting. Uh, he's six foot. It says six foot. He, he looks he's taller, taller than that. But okay, but he um. He's 32 years old. I've seen videos of him with Izzy, of them sparring. Yeah. He's got a decent ground game. He's got good control. He's got nasty oh, yeah. ground and pound, or at least Izzy found out he did. Um, <laughs> to watch those two guys spar. And it's not I was easy. Like, Man. It's not easy. It's not easy grappling with 16-ounce gloves. You've done it. I've no. done it. It's like it's like putting big old clogs on your hands trying to hold on to someone. So. Yeah, they... Um, my mother's calling me. Sorry, I got to tell her okay, I'm man. busy. My mother's calling me. She lives in New Jersey, so she lives like about a quarter Tom's mile River. away from, from Frankie Edgar. He's, she lives like probably about a quarter mile away. Oh, man. Anyways, this this is to me a fantastic fight. Jalen Turner, both uh, Dan Hooker's coming off of a win. Jalen's coming off of a loss, correct? No, Jalen's has Jalen's been on a hot streak, baby. Right now. Maybe, maybe I have J- um. Maybe I'm thinking of um no yeah he did win that's Hooker Hooker Hunt, Dan Hooker Hooker came off okay yeah that's Hooker Pulis and then okay oh Jones. he's coming on oh, no, he's on the win five May, wins. I was yeah, thinking four, of uh, five wins in a row got it got it got it I was thinking I was like oh man who uh who lost the last fight I was thinking of um in Chikawani oh because he was on a hot streak too Chidi? I figured they, yeah, yeah different weight class we're talking middle middle yeah, weight compared 70, to yeah seventy fifty five yeah. But both have fantastic stand-up. Both of them, fantastic stand-up. Um, yeah, so uh, Jalen. Jalen, Brad Riddle, Malarkey. Well, that's, uh, the, that's the whole point. Is look, look at what Jalen did to Dan's teammate. I mean, yeah. he annihilated him. He smoked him. You know, and yeah. you look and you go, hey, this kid's the real deal. And he's using his – he's got power. He, he's, you know, training with, you know, Perillo, all those guys – you know, training with Luke Rockhold, Cheeto, all of them. He's good. He is the new breed, man. And he at, at his size at 155, Josh, mm-hmm. oh, he creates yeah. so many problems. You talk about being able to big brother somebody, this guy yeah. can do it. Scroll scroll down a little bit there, Dave. Pass for Vola. So see, he was he was in the UFC for a little bit there, and then he was having a hard time fought uh Vicente Luque. Mm-hmm. So he was having a hard time with with guys that could could grapple a little bit, guys that could threaten the takedowns, you know those guys, and then he's he's kind of remedied that situation a little bit, training at Ruka, bringing in there's a you know a lot of top level black belts that are right there, and then Ruka obviously being connected with the Mendez brothers, a lot of top talented jiu-jitsu guys that can come in there. Alan Goa is out of that Ruka gym, and uh, some other good guys, you know uh, Orlando who just passed away, uh, he was he was trained there all the time with Strickland and other guys. So look for him to, you know, even if it does hit the ground, he's not the same fighter as he used to be from back in the day. Um, you know, he will start using his hook sweep, start threatening submission, getting back to his feet and letting his hands and his feet go. So looking forward to seeing him fight, man. This is going to be a fun fight. Two tall 55-pounders getting after it. Super tall. Yeah. Crazy. Next. All right, we have um, a boxing fight that has been announced as well for February 26th, and it's Jake Paul, Tommy Fury. ESPN Plus and so. All right, Arabia. John, that's good. Okay, next. 
<laughs> I, I mean, we've covered one. this fight like two or three times, and it and all two or three times it's fell off. So I feel like yeah. we should probably wait till it gets closer to the fight. Yeah. Um. So no, yeah. someone brought up a good point though. You know, Tommy Fury's talked a lot of trash, and Jake Paul's talked a lot of trash. But then there's a video just came out, and I just saw yesterday of Jake Paul interviewing Tyson Fury. And they're joking and laughing and having a good time. So it's almost like this it's was crazy. all just lead up. It's all just lead up. It's all, you know, it's all just, we, we understand. I mean, there's, you build a fight. Now that there's, the contract's signed. Let's sell the fight. Let's sell it. Let's get it going. But I don't know, John. I, you know. You don't know. I look at, I look at Jake. Jake should win this fight. Yes, he should. He should. Yeah. But. Do you think that Tommy's gonna take it serious? You think Tommy's Tommy's gonna be out here really putting in that work, really, really trying to get a game plan together to beat Jake Paul? Well, if you're Tommy Fury with a dad who's half crazy and uh, <laughs> yes. with the two crazy stuff, and you've got a brother in Tyson who probably is gonna sit there and say, "Are you training? Are you doing things right?" I think he has to. Yeah. I but you, you you take a look and it's it's funny because I was I was watching uh, the Rogan experience and you know he had Dave Portnoy on there from Barstool mm-hmm. and you know Portnoy is saying that uh, Tommy Fury is not a boxer and I go have you lost your mind why don't you step in a ring with him and we'll see how well yeah. you box with him look he's got boxing skills yeah. is he a guy that I think is a you know a guy that can be a top-level boxer. No, I don't think he cares about it enough. I don't think it's part of who he is. I think he does it based upon it gets him exposure. He's a reality kind of, you know, TV kind of guy, just same as, you know, Jake Paul. He's a YouTube influencer type of personality. And he has a brother in Tyson that can get him big money fights when he doesn't have to fight big money people. That is always a nice thing when you're fighting someone who's inferior to you. This is a fight. He's not fighting someone who's inferior to him. Jake Paul's got more power than Tommy. If you watch them both fight, he's proved that he can, you know, knock people out. He's got a good right hand. Jake Paul can box. So can Tommy. You know, it, it'll be a good fight, good contest. I think in the end, though, that Jake Paul gets the win. John, if I looked like Tommy Fury, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be boxing, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I say Tommy Fury doesn't want to box. He wants to dude. be on the reality TV and stuff, but he can, he can make good money. So, hey. That dude's a good-looking son of a bitch, man. Yeah, he is. I, I don't like him much. I definitely wouldn't be getting punched in the face. Yeah. I'm a little jealous, man. I'm a little jealous. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't even know what else to say. It should be a – I mean, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to lead up. I'm looking up to – I'm looking forward to – I like that, that type of stuff. When we're talking about these fights – that are YouTube guys or just social media influencers that are fighting each other. It's more about the lead up. It's not about the fight. It's about the trash talk back and forth. It's about the energy. It kind of gets me pumped and excited for these fights. You know, oh, it's going to be fun. But then when you watch the fight, it's always the same thing. It's B-level boxing. Yeah. You know, maybe sometimes even C with some of them, you know. Uh, but I'll, I'll call this a B-level boxing match. But it's still, it's a lead up to it that gets me gets me going on it. And then when you see the fight. Yeah, it wasn't it, but it was fun. You get the fellas together, sit around, drink some beer, you know, have a couple shots, you know, and just and have some fun and laugh. Get a good laugh in, and you know, and then I walk away from the evening going, "Hey, man, I got a good night out with the fellas. Got to watch some boxing, and now we can talk about it on the podcast." I don't look at this. I don't look at these fights as any more than just that. 
Well, th- th- this is, in my opinion, if you're going to look at Jake Paul, you know, everyone, you know, Jake, Jake has made his bones on fighting guys that aren't boxers. And, you know, everyone's been saying, you need to fight a boxer. Well, at least he can say, well, I'm fighting a boxer. This is all this guy has done. And if you're going to fight a boxer, fight one of the skill level of, you know, <laughs> talent level yeah. of Tommy Fury. That's a smart man. Jake Paul's doing it again as far as, look, Tommy can box. I'm not saying he can't box. He just is a guy that with a record of 8-0 who hasn't fought anybody. You know, no one out there has really been, you know, a fight for him. He's not looking to be that world champion boxer. And this is the perfect matchup, in my opinion, for Jake Paul to face a guy who is a boxer. Yeah. True. We're going to see what happens, though. Both 6-1-6-0-1-8-0 should be a fun fight. Next. All right, let's hop into this story. Um, Bellamy becoming the UFC ambassador for, um, for her. wrestling, right? She got the N I N. I have a hard time. NIL. NIL. Yeah. NIL deal. And uh, explain to me what an NIL deal is, there, Josh. Basically, a sponsorship for college athletes so they can actually yes. pay their bills and eat instead That's of right. getting paid seventy five bucks a week to fucking be there making you know and starving to death. Yep. I remember wrestling in college and I had to go to my friend's fraternity just to eat food because it was like they give you 75 bucks a week to wrestle in college. And it was like yeah. garbage. And I think the football players got like 150. Like that's all you get you for the week. And you can't have a job you get, during the season. You can't have a job. Yeah. MC2A says you can't have a job. Can't have a job. Yep. So I, I know it's kind of changing the way that college is done. It's not, it's not kind of changed. It has changed the way the college athletes uh, are perceived now or able to, what they're able to do. But fuck, this is awesome. She's wrestling at the University of Iowa. Yep. Where I think that's fantastic. Well, and she's the, crushing the, it. She's killing the UFC, it. The UFC has already sponsored an NIL deal with the entire team for Iowa. They're backing Iowa wrestling and stuff. And so this is a perfect, you know, match. Being that Frank Mir was, you know, someone who came up in the UFC. His daughter is shows nothing but potential, shows that she wants to be an MMA fighter after her wrestling career is over and stuff. And God bless her. She's a sweetheart of a girl. You know that. You know, she is such a good athlete. You know, I, I, I screw with Frank all the time and say, man, your wife must be a hell of an athlete because your daughter is freaking unbelievable. <laughs> and she had to get it from her because you don't have it. You know, we, we would joke and stuff. And it's so good. He is, he is such a proud dad when it comes to Bella. Yeah. And what she's yeah. done, and he deserves to be because she's special, yeah. man. She, the first time he ever showed me wrestling, her Josh, he says, "You know, have I ever have I ever shown you Bella wrestling?" And I said, "No." I said, "I heard she's really good, though." He goes, "Here, watch," and he gives gives me his phone, and she's wrestling a boy in a tournament, and she gets behind him and whoosh, belly to back German suplex, right, boom, and the kid works to his feet. <laughs> suplexes him four times and i was like you gotta yeah. be shitting me right and he goes it's not bad huh i go not bad right so, you know she's she's good she's really good yeah what i is that she takes it very serious there's nothing when you talk to her she's very quiet oh, yeah. she kind of just very just keeps to herself nothing like frank and um she's just <laughs> She's very humble, like I said, nothing like Frank. Nothing like But Frank. she she understands what she needs to do, man. I, I love the fact that he's like his he's her biggest cheerleader. Oh yes. That, well, I, I can't remember where we were, but Frank was there. And uh Frank's wife was there too. And we were went, remember we all went to go have 
lunch somewhere. And oh, yeah. the whole yeah. time, Bella this. We were in California. That, Bella this. Yeah, yeah. Bella this. Yeah. Bella that. Bella this. And it was just nonstop. And I thought it, I just sat back and was just watching. And I'm thinking to myself, that that's like, I, I'm. I can't say like. I almost felt like proud. It was like this is this is really cool to see, like yeah. a dad pitch for his kid, you know, and just especially his daughter just being like, and in, in in a sport that that you very like most dads would try to talk their daughters out of. No, he's like, no, no, no. She's she's doing this. She's doing that. She's you know she's grappling. She's doing tournaments. She's doing. I'm like, and she's made she's made no bones about it, man. She plans on being an MMA fighter. Oh, she so, hold on, time out. She doesn't plan. She's, on being she's already, yeah, she's already, yeah. you know, yeah, you I'm go. saying like life after. She life plans after on college. being a, a MMA world champion. Yes, yeah, that's what she, she plans, plans on. She plans on taking this to the next level after college. Yeah. Like, you know, you could say this is it's fun. It's fun to do it when you're younger. It's fun to do jiu-jitsu tournaments and wrestling matches and and all those things when you're younger. When you get out yeah. of college, you get a degree, and you're like, I can get a real job making this without getting punched in the face. No, no, no. That's, that's not what she wants. Yeah. She's like, I want to do this. I want to, I want to, and I'm happy for her. I'm glad that she's, oh. she's living, her, she's going to be living her dream. She's got a great father who has all this knowledge to share with her. And from the, what I can see, she seems to listen to a lot of what he says, you know, and uh, I believe Frank's wife was his manager towards the end of his career, like for a majority yeah. of the, his last later half of his career. And so, I mean, they've already got a built-in manager. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm happy for her. I, you know, I just wanted to make sure we gave her her due. This is a big deal and I'm happy for her. And, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, everything works out in college. Great wrestling. Keep doing it. Keep grinding. And we're proud of you. I think everyone's proud of you, man. It's great. Absolutely. Stuff. So next. All right. Let's talk about this one and get you guys thoughts on it. Um, Connor put something saying he was, uh, asked to go on a tough, um, and, but you know, didn't specify who he'd be opposite. On there, and, and he go back and coach tough and posted a picture about his original experience and all that. Um, and then now Tony came out and Tony Ferguson and said he's been asked to be on tough opposite Connor. So now he's kind of giving away the the juice um, where Connor wasn't. But what do you guys think about that potential of, of that happening? I I'm interested. You have Tony and you have Tony and McGregor, and then at the end they fight each other. Yeah. At least one of them, at least one of them is gonna get a win. Well, I, I would tell you this: there will be unbelievable buildup because Tony will not back down from Connor in any of the shit talk. You know he's going to be after him and stuff. Tony is uh, Tony's real, and I but I'd look at it and I'm being honest. You know, I don't think you know Connor truly wants to fight anymore. You sit there and say what he wants, but you know he's making big money. It's not like money's ever a problem. And when you look at getting yourself back into the gym and fighting, you know, training for that fight. I'm not saying he's not training. He trains now, you know, and he'll go in the gym. But it's fun to go in the gym when it's not training. And you're just, you know, you're sparring with someone. Anything. That's all fun. That's, you know, that's not what a training camp is. A training camp sucks. And I look and I go, I'm just not too sure. And, and when you don't have that 100% focus, things don't go well for you. And and I think Connor has a ton of advantages over Tony. I'm just being honest that they fought. Yeah. In the stand-up, you know, Connor has slowed down. There's you can't sit you can't say that he hasn't. There's a little bit of a marked difference in his speed. 
which creates a difference in, you know, how he's able to get in on guys. But Tony is slowed down too. So Connor would be fast for Tony. But if the fight hits the ground, Tony can create a lot of problems for him. Tony will create problems with just the funky style and things that he does. The kicks of Connor, we're going to see what they are. I would tell you he has an advantage there. But after coming off of the leg injury, it might not be an advantage because it may hurt him to kick with that leg. It's an interesting contrast. I'm not too sure that I see the UFC doing it. But you know, I would think that you know Connor gets more spark off of Michael Chandler than he does off of Tony Ferguson. I would agree with you that he gets more spark off the Michael Chandler thing, but I also think that they really are trying to get him a win. Okay. And I, I actually think Tony beats Connor though. I think the ability possibility. Uh, yeah. Cause I, I, a lot of it comes down to the leg, the movement will be the same. Um, like you did say, he did slow down. Tony has slowed down also, sure. but Tony, he, the funkiness will give Connor a little bit of a problem, like the moving around, the switching the stance, the punches, the kicks coming from different angles. Well, now a guy that'll switch into an Imanari role at any time. Yeah. You know, that's, that's Tony. Tony will do the funky things that a lot of guys will not because they don't want to have Connor mm-hmm. in a position over him. And you look and you go, Tony he doesn't give a shit. No, he doesn't. He doesn't care at all. So when I look at that fight, I'm like, I, obviously, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean more towards Tony just because of the inactivity. How's the leg? Um, com- you know, Connor's coming off two loss. He's a very confidence-driven type fighter. Like he needs to have, oh, I dominated, or he's got to have that the trash talk to go along with all the wins that he's accumulated. Whereas Tony, he, he sure, I think he's it gets in his head that sure. he hasn't won a fight in a while. But he also is someone that like he does things that not everyone can do. His fight, his funky, his fighting style is very funky, and that's going to pose some problems for for. And I think in that in that clinch, and I've said this before, that Conor McGregor in the clinch is not a great fighter. Tony in the clinch is a dirty dog. Yeah, he will elbow the shit out of your face. He will knee you. He will try to shuck you down, and you know, and guillotine you. He will. He will do whatever he can in that clinch. He's a dirty, grimy, not like a dirty yeah. isn't meaning to be, you know, but no, he's just, he's a gritty, dirty fighter in there. It. He's yeah. after it. He's not fucking around and he'll do anything to cut you up. And I mean, I got scars, man. My hair's balding because of it. At least that's what I like to blame it on. Okay. But it's, I've got scars all over my head because of him from one fight. I mean, if he goes back to a little bit of them elbows and that clinch and that griminess, Connor against the cage. You take away all of his weapons. He's so worried about defending the takedown, and he doesn't fight well in a phone booth. He fights well at distance. He's not the same fighter, and I think that's the way you beat him, and I think Tony has all those tools to do it if he fights smart. We'll see. Yeah, see, I, I look at it, and I think Connor has the advantage of the fight. And just coming back, yeah, there's been some uh, time. Yes, there are some questions about the leg and things like that. I think Connor's going to win that fight. But, John, I have a plate in my leg. Yeah, I can't kick with. I couldn't kick with it anymore. I right. There's nothing. I've got. I've got nine screws in a plate, and I couldn't kick. I used to rip the body kicks in my first Gilbert fight. After I broke it, I couldn't kick anymore to the body. It just. It hurts. Anytime you hit with the foot, anytime you hit with the toes, I'm, I, I was almost like it was almost like a calf kick. 
I couldn't put my foot down. I couldn't put my foot down all the way. I had to like just kind of limp on it for a little bit if I caught it wrong. So I just stopped kicking with it because the last thing you want is to show your opponent that you hurt yourself there. It's painful, you know. So, uh, but I agree that Connor should have the advantage. Yeah. But what Connor are we going to see after the plate? Will he kick as much? If he doesn't kick as much, that's he had a big advantage with the kicks. Then and if Tony fights smart, if he gets him against the fence, if he grinds on him, hangs on him, tries to get to the guillotine, you know, elbows and knees and clinches and just grimy and make it dirty like that, I think that Tony's got the advantage. So it's it really comes down to who can implement their game plan to see which one of us is right. Come on, True. Tony, don't let me down. Don't let me down, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I'm a Tony fan, so I got yeah. I got to I got to root oh, for my boy. Here. I'm obviously a Tony fan, but. It, it, you just take a look and, you know, time, time takes a lot away from guys and it's tough to yeah. keep those, those levels up. Very true. All right. Next. All right. Let's hop into this one here. Benio Darius saying that the USC is targeting a fight between him and Charles Oliveira. Oliveira did also post something about one more fight and then the title shot. So um, it's seeming like this is a good probability. What does the headline say there? Benil Darius reveals UFC is targeting Charles Oliveira fight in May. Explains why he believes he'll get passed over for the next title shot. You could just be thinking that, like, you know, even if he beats Oliveira, he's, he's still going to get... No. He's still going to find a way to get... Can't. If he beats Oliveira, you know, it really doesn't matter whether it's Islam or Alex. Mm-hmm. He's got to get the next shot because he's been up yeah. there at that high level for too long. Yeah, and uh, I, I think I could see John. I could say that it depends on how he beats Charles. If he just if it if it lull, if it blows people to sleep, if we see a fight like Rose and uh, and Cookie Monster, you can't have that fight. <laughs> you, there's no there's two. no way that there's no way these two guys are gonna deliver that fight. Yeah, I get it. No, but I'm, I'm but I'm just speaking hypothetically here. Yeah, okay. If we were to see a fight where he just pressed Charles to the fence and hung out on him and just try to ink out the rounds, which Darius is not capable of, yeah, and, and Charles is a guy that just tries to walk you down, lifts the high leg, and then throw the combinations and whatever. He These two guys are going to meet in the middle. Someone's going to get fucked up. I don't think this fight goes longer than two rounds. I don't yeah, think it goes longer I, than two I rounds. would honestly think it's over by the second round, somewhere yeah. in the second round. Yeah. Yep. Someone's going to get knocked out or someone's going to get submitted or something's going to happen. But. Yep. Yeah, this fight I don't think is going past two rounds. This is gonna be fucking just straight fireworks. That's the way I look at this fight. I don't see, I don't see if that happens. If Darius wins, I don't see how. I just don't see how they skip him over. I don't either. Outside really of a controversial don't. draw at one fifty five with boom, that's it. Outside you, you, get Is, you get Islam and Alex having some you know great fight and it ends up you know a draw or something. Yeah, yeah they'll run it back. But which I I, I want to squash those things right now because Islam's just gonna it's I don't think that fight's gonna get out of the third round. I don't see? think he's out of the third round. Well, don't don't see, don't jump too deep into that fucking pool. I I agree with you that Islam is the favorite. He's gonna have his hands full. You know I there, there's all kinds of things going on with that, and I I look and I go, I Islam is a a beast. So is Alex. Mm-hmm. That's a champion that knows how to win. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a dogfight, <laughs> John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I want everyone to remember. John said that it was gonna be a dogfight with Charles. That didn't work out. It wasn't a dogfight. 
<laughs> no. I, I just, I, I look at it and I was coming out saying that he's, oh, I put on so much muscle and I, uh, you know, I'm feeling stronger than ever. God, he, he gets a hold he, of he can, me. He has um, no idea how strong I am. And it's like, I, I read that and I was like, no. Alex, you have no idea how strong he is. You have no idea how strong he is. He's going to grab you and you're going to be like, oh shit, I'm like the chihuahua in this relationship. <laughs> well, it, you know, it was, it's funny because I can't remember who I was talking to, but the, you know, we were talking about Islam and, uh, you know, guys that, you know, he's, you know, training with. And I said, it doesn't matter even now who he's training with. I go, look at the guys. He, I said, this is a guy who was, dude, he trained with heavyweight guys at, you know, AKA and, did really well, made him look bad. And I go, people have no idea how strong and how dominating he is from the top position. I go, I said, you know, I said, I've never really seen him on his back. And I said, but Josh tells me all the time, look, way better as far as the submission game than Khabib. Oh. Khabib was good, yeah. you know, off of his back. It's just he never was there. So, mm. except against Gaethje when he, when he wanted to be. Yeah, Islam, same thing. Islam, same thing. Like he gets off off his back, he'll attack submissions, yeah. but he'll go right to like an X guard sweep, and he'll just lift you up. There's <sighs> nothing you can do with. And he, for his for the weight class, he's a you know he's about six foot. He's five eleven, close to six foot. He's a tall guy. So when he starts stretching you out as a lightweight, you're like you have no base in that X guard position. Yeah. Or he'll hook sweep you because he's so damn strong. You just get a good position on the shoulder or the overhook, and he'll just tuck the the wrist and. His legs, fuck, they're just freakishly strong. He just hook sweep you, boom, on top, and then the rest is history. You're not getting up from underneath him. So I took a lot away from the Sarukian fight with him. Um, yeah. And I and that's that fight when I watched Sarukian, even though I know he was, Islam was feeling a little under the weather, but Sarukian did a lot of good things that had nothing to do with conditioning and strength and technique. And it all it had all to do with the technique. Yeah, and Sarukian showed me. Yeah, Sarukian showed me how damn good he is. And that's why when I when I started pitching on him five four fights ago or whatever it was, after that after that fight, I said, This kid, he's gonna be a, a title contender, at least here, you know, and or if not the champion. You know, and and his mindset is that he's gonna be champion. Plus he's still a baby. I think he's like twenty four, twenty five years old. He's young. He's young and he's call he's, you see you see that he's calling out Michael Chandler too. I love that fight. I and I was like, oh, I think Chandler's at five and then Sarukian's somewhere around eight. Yeah. And I go, Michael, walk Stay away. Stay away. Stay away. <laughs> don't even away. comment. Don't even yeah. comment walk on that Walk away. That's he, did you see it's what like, the comment even, was? No. Did you see? He was listening to our podcast. He said, the guy with the lowest fight IQ in the world, where are you at, Michael Chandler? Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, Walk bro. away. Well, it's, it's not worth that. Not worth yeah. it on that one. No, I think Saruki and Gamrot, those are the two guys that, that Chandler needs to stay away from. Both those guys. Uh, next. Definitely Saruki. All right, so here's what we're going to do. So we are all going to be together this week in LA for Bellator. Um, so I am going to find a way to incorporate all you guys who post a question for us. Find a way to incorporate those questions and some other um form of media this mm -hmm. week so uh let's so keep make sure you guys are subscribed have that bell we may end up doing uh a live stream mm -hmm. it may be spontaneous uh it may be uh planned yeah. so just uh, make sure you guys <laughs> know that you guys are subscribed and have the bell so that you know when when um when we 
post yeah. anything on this, YouTube. This is kind of a this um, is kind of a week for you guys uh, to make sure you guys hit that bell. There will be some shows that we drop throughout the the week because it's Bellator week, but there's also a lot of uh, legends coming to watch Fedor fight. So we're going to be capturing um, some footage with them, some conversations with them, whatever it is. But um, and on top of that, whatever fighters are there, there's going to be a huge the who's who is going to be at this fight on CBS for Bellator because it is Fedor's last fight. And so um, there's a lot of people there. And we're just going based off of I've talked to Scott Coker. I've talked to CBS. I've talked to and John and I. We've all sat in meetings where fighters from out of the woodwork, you know, from fighters that are current now that have been all requesting tickets. They all want to come to this fight because because it's Fedor's last fight. This is a part of history. When you start talking about when, you know, Randy Couture was going to his last fight, Chuck Liddell, his last fight. Like Randy Couture will be there. Yeah. Randy Couture will be there. And, uh, you know, Mark Coleman will be there. There's fighters that have all come up uh, fighting against uh, Fedor, guys that were scheduled to fight against Fedor and it never came to fruition, or guys that just never had the opportunity but admired him and looked up to him, and and guys that came up in the Pride era that just really um, fought on the same cards but just never were the same weight class but understood how nice he was, how great of a person he was, and an ambassador he was for the sport. So expect us to to get some conversations with um, some people that are there. We're flying podcast Dave out there. We're gonna have extra footage dropped. So make sure you guys hit that bell, hit the thumbs up. You guys, pay attention. Also, drop on our clips channel. So go down to our clips channel, hit the subscribe button and the bell there because we're gonna do some little shorter stuff on that clips channel. Uh, also, so there'll be a lot of content, a lot of extra content for you guys this week and early next week that we're gonna be filming there in um, in LA. So. We want to thank you guys for continuing to support us. And uh, John, I think are we done? Are we done yet, Dave? Is this what we're doing? Or are we going to do a couple fan questions right now? No, we're going to save them for. We're going to save them. For, I don't want to do like one or two and then not get to everybody. So we're going to save them and put them on something else. You don't have like okay. one best one. Can you don't have like one best one? Give me one best one, Dave. No. Give me one best one. Oh yeah. I am a nightmare. <laughs> I want these fans to uh, give me one best one. Did you read any of them, Dave? Hey, right. look at that very top one yeah, right there. I've gone through them. What's that? All right. All right. Brian T asks uh, for both of y'all. Hey, Big Josh and John the Punk, with all these title announcements, John we the have Punk. eight title fights all by April. I, de- I definitely love to see it and I'm excited for it, but I feel a bit overwhelmed and prefer them a bit more spread out. How do you guys feel about the many title fights we're getting uh, within the next Hello, the more the better. If you're yeah. sitting there, sitting there saying, oh, it's too much. Come on, brother. Step up. Step up your game, man. Of course. The more title fights I get to see means the the better the competition is. I love that. So sorry, I don't agree with you on that one. I want to see all the title fights. Yeah, there's like an old saying that goes around. It's called first world problems. Like you, you these <laughs> this is like a first world problem. You're you're presenting first world problems. Yeah. Like there's so many good things going on that we're just making up shit to bitch about. Brian T. Suck it up, baby boy. Suck it we're, up, baby. We're gonna take this first. Uh, Suck six it up, Buttercup, man. Be happy. Yes, this is this is gonna be a great six months. First six months, because it will slow down during the summer. Fa- Look, promotions understand that during the summer the kids are out of school, families are traveling, less people are watching TV, less people are paying for pay per views, so they try to cram it all in before uh, Memorial Day weekend, and then during the summer they slow it down, and then once school starts back up in ramp September, up. they just they ramp it back up. There, there's a, it's a vicious cycle. It's almost like the gym cycle. 
you know, New Year's Eve revolution, re- resolute revolutions, resolutions, or resolutions, and they go until they go until Memorial Day weekend. Everyone gets fit for that weekend out there on the beach, and then the summers kind of slow down a little bit, right, uh, at the gyms because people are out enjoying the outdoors, and they ramp back up when the kids are back in school, parents are back on schedule, the gyms get popping again. Very similar to pay per views. So, um, look. Thank you guys so much. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell. Hit that bell because, like I said, extra content coming your guys' way. Go to WayneAndMerch.com. Pick up some of our clothing. Also, there's new hats, new shirts, new designs. John, show us that shirt, please. Come show on, us baby. That shirt. Take a look at that. Yeah, That's a beautiful, Wayne nice, podcast. big old Wayne in podcast. Come on. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. But, hey, don't forget this Saturday. This Saturday is... Bellator on CBS. It is free. All you guys complaining about Showtime, Showtime this, Showtime that. Well, there's no Showtime for this show. Make sure you guys tune in for Fedor's retirement fight against Ryan Bader and Johnny Eblen, the new crown king in the middleweight division, is fighting a stud in Anatoly Tokov at 31 and 2. Dude is unbelievably good. That's going to be a fantastic fight. And don't tune in late because the fight that's going to open up that card is. Homasi versus Brennan Ward and Homasi has got the power and Brennan Ward has got the wrestling and the power. The two of them are going to clash in the middle and it's going to be fireworks. I don't see that fight getting outside of two and a half, three minutes. Ooh. That'll be a fun. God, you didn't fun even say one fight. round. Hey, I'm going to say one round. I'm going to say inside of one. I'm going to say that. Yeah, you said way that. inside. You said yeah, half. Inside. Yeah, half. I said half. So also that prelim card is stacked. That'll be available on Bellator YouTube. Check it out there. There's a stacked prelim card, some great fights on there. So check that out. And uh, John, take us away. Hey, for everyone out there, there's a lot of good fights coming up. You have got to turn it, tune in to, like Josh said, CBS, February 4th. You'll see the a legend walking away no matter what, win or lose, he's going to walk away. It's the only time you will ever be able to see Fedor fight again. So you got to see it. So for everyone out there, tune in and we will see you.